0: to want to keep pounding for the war the war the war the war the war the, 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 the war an inside look at the vault this, this is this this this
1: is views from mid street. street
0: now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and rob brown
1: all right ladies and gentlemen welcome
0: into yet another outstanding edition of the views from mid street podcast your home for all things carolina panther talk emanating from the great city of Greenville, South Carolina, right in the heart of Panthers country. And the enthusiasm to start the show existed today, but not yesterday, as the New York football giants knock off our Panthers 1916 your final. We're about to get all the ins and outs, the X's and O's on tape. For you, but allow us to introduce ourselves. I begin. My name is Rob Brown, the host of the Rob Brown Show, airing on the Fan Upstate in Greenville, South Carolina, and around the world free on the Odyssey app from 9 to noon every single weekday. And, of course, next to me, metaphorically speaking, he's actually across from me geographically speaking. My co-host Alonzo Reitzel is here as well. And, Zo, it only stings as much as it stings To be 0-2 because we are a 58 and a 56-yard field goal away from being 2-0. And and it happened again. It happened again. There's a lot of reasons why the Giants were in the position they were in to kick a long game-winning field goal. And there's a lot of things to break down here. The unfortunate reality of the situation here is... Even when the defense is doing its job and holding Saquon Barkley to 72 yards and holding Daniel Jones to 176 and one touchdown through the air is the defense doing their job. The offense is pedestrian and we have now paid for it two weeks in a row.
1: All right, so I'm not going to go with pedestrian, but if you are uh, one of those hashtag fire, this person will probably get to you eventually uh, in this podcast but a lot of things that we've talked about over the last few weeks about what we want to see happen for the carolina panthers it 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 happened except for the end score thing that thing did not happen but uh so oh and two oh and two
0: oh and two uh as it stands right now the carolina panthers have played two very winnable football games They have lost both of those very winnable football games. And, of course, that comes right before a rough stretch of games upcoming. We are at home this Sunday against the Saints. We're going to break that game down, obviously, in our Friday pod, though we will spend some time between here and Friday getting into it at a very surface level. And, listen, a Saints team that took Tampa Bay to the wire. Then you've got the Cardinals. Then you've got the 49ers. The good news is the next three in a row are all at home. Then you're on the road at L.A., then back home against Tampa. This is a five-game stretch that I would have really liked to have entered at 2-0. There's no reason to not have entered at 2-0, and But this is a point in the season. Pardon me for being cliche. uh, cliche. This is especially this Sunday at home against New Orleans. This is a part of the season where we are. We're about to find out what the makeup of this football team is, what the mentality of this football team is, because you are a grand total of five points away. You are about a hundred and what is it? A hundred and nine yards away from being 2-0 and oh when it's all said and done. And now you have hit what is easily the toughest stretch of schedule ahead of us. The, the the thing is, looking at this, based on what we've seen in week one and week two, I'm not saying they will. This is the longest losing streak in the, nat- in the National Football League right now. And if you told me this losing streak was going to extend until October 23rd, I wouldn't be mad at you for saying it. Because it's a rough five-game stretch coming up.
1: I, I would be mad at you for saying that because I don't believe that's going to happen. And if you look at the difference between week one and, and week two, you would say there are no difference because they were both losses. There are differences. There are problems that were around in week one that were solved in week two. And it really comes down to, uh, quite frankly, the very first play of the game. The very first play of the game, Chuba Hubbard fumbles the ball, fumbles the kickoff return, and then it was, you're immediately behind. Now the defense stood up, and then we're going to get into some detail on this. The defense was able to, to bow up and keep them at three points. But you start the very first play. The very You can't help it as a player or as a person. You walk into the office and something goes wrong right away. You're kind of worried that that's going to be the, the thing that happens all day. Well, in the office of football, the very first play is a fumble recovered by the other team, then you got to in the back of your mind as a player go, Oh no, what's this gonna be like today? And that's how they started the game.
0: Yeah, and again, that's 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 why I'm talking fortitude going into week three at home against the Saints. So I I think they showed it yesterday. Again, a fumbled kickoff return to open the game is bad but it's not like oh god everything's should, should wrong should we in the apologize
1: for saying chuba hubbard needs to get the ball more should we apologize no. for that cuz no. cuz they listened to us obviously as they should and and get, got him the ball the very first play and what's he do
0: no i mean it's a it's a kickoff return right like it's a kickoff return and it was it's it's weird you're going to get in the nfl 5 or 6 of those between all teams in both half kickoffs during the course of the year, it's unfortunate and it's weird, but the defense you, you stepped should up have to a,
1: carry, carry the football everywhere he goes for the time. I know it's I know it's very high school. I know it's very peewee. Yeah, carry that football everywhere he goes throughout Charlotte.
0: The the defense stepped up in a short field situation where they were called into, into action much more quickly than they expected to be. They stepped up. They held the Giants to a field goal in that spot. They were able to maintain that field goal uh, until the end of the quarter. It was six nothing. The offense again, it w- it wasn't spectacular. They got a couple of chip shots. You know, by the in way, the just, just quarter, real quick, you mentioned,
1: you mentioned it was six nothing. It was six nothing because of another fumble down on that end. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I believe this time, and and, and they held him to another three. The defense played really, really well, all for except for like two series. I agree. Those series were and and the the, the series that
0: gave up the touchdown in the third quarter, which, by the way, was answered. But the series that they gave up the field goal, I don't know what happened there. They just kind of it just kind of fell apart on them on one series. But listen, you're not that good if you're not. Tampa, if you're not Green Bay, if you're not the Rams, if you're not one of, and even that's a question mark after what happened to Atlanta, but unless you're one of the premier offenses in the league, every game, and you'll hear coaches say this all the time, every game comes down to a play or two. And a couple of fumbles ended up being that play or two. That's all it was. So it's it's very much... Uh, it's very much about cleaning up the mistakes. Baker had a fumble. He got it back, so didn't lose that one. Chuba Hubbard had the fumble on the opening kick. Robbie had the fumble that he lost as well. And I could very easily say, Zoe, you take either one of those two fumbles away, it's 16-16, and the Panthers have an extra possession to score at least the field goal. Either one of those two fumbles comes off the board, and the Panthers probably win this game on the road, but... That's not how it works. You have to deal with them as they come. I'm not upset with the defense. I thought there were some bright spots. By the way, Big ups to Debo, because Derek Brown, who I had some words for in the last pod, Derek Brown was exceptional. In fact, Derek Brown was Pro Football Focus's fourth highest graded defensive lineman in the entire National Football League this week. The bright spots came out on defense. Julian Love was is uh, was was uh exceptional. Excuse me, not Julian Love. I got my, my stat sheets backward. Uh Frank LeVuz, exceptional in this. Ten tackles, all of them solo. Shaq Thompson. Ten tackles, six of them solo. Xavier Woods, another bright spot game for him. Ten tackles, five of them solo. It was it was exceptional on the defense. You just held the team that was easily the number one rushing offense in the National Football League last week. You held them to, what, 103 total rushing yards. You actually outrushed the New York Giants 146-103, to 103, but... The offense was pedestrian. I, I I know you don't like the word. I don't like I know you don't like me putting it that way, but I don't know what else to call yeah, you know it. In what, big you know spots what? they fell apart.
1: I, I don't like it because uh, all right, you could say that in big spots they fell apart. But there were some there was some very good runs. There were some great passes thrown by Baker Mayfield. There were some really good things that show you the potential of what they could be if they could pull it all together. They've had two games where mistakes and things have caused problems. And yes, a winning team finds a way to overcome those things. And is this a matter of coaching? Is this a matter of just unfortunate incidents? We don't know. I mean, we're not going to know until probably midway through the season. What is this team? Is this a team that's going to continue to lose by a field goal? Or is this a team that's going to find a way to overcome?
0: I, uh, I'm i trying to be as optimistic as possible and the answer is I mean like you said there was growth from week one to week two I'm not disputing that of course there was growth from week
1: one to week two you say of course like it has to happen it doesn't have to happen, it has to that, happen. that that to well it should happen but the defense did really really well if Luvu actually catches that interception there was a lot of green in front of him there are a lot of things that could have the ball could have bounced Carolina's way and you have a different outcome
0: Uh, I will say this, and and we're going to keep going because we got plenty more to talk about, uh, but bad news. There is a bit of bad news here. Since the NFL expanded to a 14-team playoff back in 2020, precisely zero teams have made the playoffs with a record of 0-2. Not a single team has made the playoffs in the 14-team expanded playoffs after going 0-2.
1: Small sample size.
0: It's literally every playoff year that we've had 14 teams. Not a team has done it. Now yeah, yeah, eventually even a team will break. The mold. I mean, come on. But listen, we've talked about this. I think you and I agree you need nine wins to be a wild card team this year.
1: We do agree on that. Okay.
0: Yes. So, if we look down based on the team that we saw yesterday, and I look down the rest of the schedule. And we're not going to do it again because we've already done it. If you want to hear our projections, you can go back and listen to the pod, the last pod to drop, the last two pods to drop before the season started because we gave our week-by-week rundown. But I'm going to tell you right now, looking down the rest of the schedule, and, and and I'm turning off the Panthers' brain and turning on the Vegas' brain, there's not nine wins on the schedule. There's not. There's not. And and I would initially have circled like the Steelers as one, the Broncos as a potential one, but a team that loses to the Browns and the Giants, it's not a bad Steelers team. It's 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 a it's a decent Broncos team. The Ravens are not a win. Uh you know the Bengals are zero and two coming off the wait, Super Bowl. Wait, wait.
1: Why why are the Ravens not a win? You see, what they stop Saquon Barkley, so so the Panthers can stop the run. You think Lamar's going to beat him through the air? We I don't are think so.
0: Two and a half months away from the Ravens game.
1: Well, you just mentioned the game. I'm yes. just saying. Yes,
0: the Lamar who just went 360 through the air and 120 on the ground against Miami, who is a better team than us. Yes, that Lamar's going to beat us as of today. All right, So today?
1: so if you're listening, you're wondering, you're, you're still trying to figure us out. Rob is the over-analytical guy who's completely shocked when, when luck comes into play. And I'm the dreamer. I, I admit, I am very positive. I still think that there's a possibility that they can make the playoffs. I still think there's a possibility that the Panthers pull together wins that Rob doesn't think is possible. So we're going to fight about this the entire season. And let's face it, you, the listener, hopes that I'm right and Rob is wrong. The
0: problem is the Browns and Giants were two of the wins that I didn't just think were possible that I said were dubs. This team should be 2-0. and oh. And again, I'm trying not to overdo the panic because we have lost two. Both of them by 55-plus yard field goals. David Newton of ESPN put this one out. Uh, Yesterday, the Panthers have lost their first two games on fourth quarter field goals of 58 and 56 yards. They are the second team in the last 20 seasons to have opponents make go ahead field goals of 55 or more in the fourth quarter or overtime twice in a single season. The only other team it's happened to were the 2019 Texans where it happened weeks one and four. The Panthers are the only team to have it happen in consecutive games recorded by espn stats and info i'm not saying that in terms of oh no doom and gloom i'm saying that in terms of it was the browns and the giants that it happened to and one snap of the ball one 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 different bounce of the ball we've got an entirely different scenario so let's talk a little bit about what happened in game So what went right? What went wrong? And I I don't think it is any surprise to say that we are going to start with Baker Mayfield pretty much every game. And most NFL teams are going to start with their quarterback. But obviously, this situation is maybe even a little bit more interesting than anybody else's. Let's call it what it is. Baker Mayfield is slightly improved Sam Darnold right now. Slightly improved Sam Darnold. Uh, He had a chance to be the hero. Facing third and six from the 46, 242 remaining. Panthers trailing by three. Mayfield knew there was going to be pressure. They blitzed Julian Love off the outside and Bates just wasn't ready. And I find that interesting because one thing I did say about the game in the game was that I think Baker Mayfield, I don't know if he's too aggressive. I don't know if it's play style. I don't know what the case is, but it feels to me in some cases like Baker Mayfield is making up pressure in his head, right? We're starting to see the pitter patter of the feet. We're starting to see the Peyton Manning happy feet back there. We're starting to see him panic a little bit and he's panicking spots where, and by the way, the offensive line had a much better game. I'm going to, we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. The O-line had a better game, but it felt like Baker Mayfield was running for his life even when the O-line was throwing some good blocks. Now the couple of hits he took were pretty devastating pretty devastating hits, so I know they were in the brain of number 6 I felt like he was making up pressure in his head and he wasn't responding well to it. And that concerns me a little bit, especially when you've got a Saints pass rush, a Cardinals pass rush, and a Niners pass rush coming up, one, two, three, all of which are very good.
1: All right. Uh, I didn't see it that way. What I saw was a guy being innovative, a guy who looked down the field, saw that his receivers were covered and had to improvise. A couple runs that he he gave... uh, Very elusive and surprising that he was as elusive as he was uh, getting out of the grasp of the defenders, especially coming off of the game the week before in Cleveland, where he could barely stay upright because he was basically getting killed by those defensive guys. Giants defense, not as good up front as Cleveland, but pretty good at covering receivers. And you said slightly better than... Come on, dude. Come on. Come on at least Baker can throw uh, over 10 yards. He can throw over five yards. He can throw over six yards. He threw some precise, uh, crisp passes, lengthy passes that turned out to be very good receptions that Sam Darnold could not make.
0: When Baker faced four pass rushers or fewer, He was six of 16. That's a 35% completion rate against four pass rushers or worse. That is taking blitzes and extra rushers off the table against a standard four, three front Baker completed 35%. That is not franchise quarterback. The Panthers were two of 12 on third down. They were four of 11 on third down last week. That are those are spots where I need that guy to make a play. And, and listen, I'm going to give credit to the Giants. Because on those fourth downs, or third and fourth downs, on those third downs, the reason that Baker was only facing four rushers is because the guy that would have been the last blitzer, they keyed out on 22 and said, "Do whatever you do, make them beat us. Do not let McCaffrey beat us. Go cover that guy up and don't let him beat us. And they took him out of the play. I still need Baker to make a play in that situation. And he just didn't. And once again, after the game was over, Matt Rule said that Baker is "quote getting close." End quote. Dude, it's week two. You're zero two. This team was was planning on fighting for a playoff spot. You have just you've just lost to two teams that will not make the playoffs this year. I. It's past. We need to be close. We need to be there now.
1: All right, a lot of this falls in the head of the play calling. The defense for the Giants were playing for the pass. When the defense is playing for the pass, then you change up the calls and start going to the running game, which they started to do eventually. And then it, it then the Giants had to change their defense back to stop the run. So the the the, the spots that you're talking about... Baker is in a situation where there are a ton of DBs out there and not a whole lot of pressure on him. But the play calling is wrong. If the play calling is, I see this, and maybe they should have did more RPOs than what they did, the play calling is this, I run the ball. You give Christian McCaffrey the ball more, and when they started to do that it started working and then the giants had to change their defense. I don't put that all on Baker. I put part of that on the play callers recognizing the kind of defense that's being played against you and changing it up accordingly.
0: It's it's
1: I don't want to I just want to say I'm not an apologist. I just my viewpoint is different. I'm looking at it different than you are.
0: I agree. Uh, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that you my just viewpoint's want to say, right. Yeah, I knew that's right. where it was coming. It's just yeah. that my viewpoint's right. Uh, I, 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 I need this guy, and for and the record— If you're
1: listening, there is a, there's a certain look that Rob has when he believes he's right. He squints at the end of the phrase. I am right. Now he's trying to figure out, do I really squint? You absolutely do. I am right. I'm closing my eyes so you cannot tell me that I'm wrong.
0: But I am though, and that's the that's the that's the wrong. Point. Yeah, you're wrong. I am correct. I stay correct. I remain correct. Uh, Baker Mayfield. If if you weren't bringing Baker in to be a franchise quarterback, and if Baker wasn't coming in to be a franchise quarterback, then this was all wrong. How, in the how first long is
1: place. Baker's contract?
0: This year, right. he's got this year right. to make. His so money. if
1: you're bringing them in to be the franchise. Quarterback, you're going to try to sign him for for longer no, than I think one you're year. Gonna aren't aren't you? You're going to make him earn it. You're
0: going to make him earn it because you got your rear end toasted last year when you gave Darnold an extension before he played a game and had that work out. Not great. They weren't going to do that. Back-to-back years. They're going to go, you know, we're going to take the gamble here that you're going to come out be a franchise guy and we're going to owe you that money anyway, so we're going to take the gamble that nobody swoops in and and picks you up for even more money. And and it's a risk, but because of what happened with Darnold, it's a calculated risk they had to take. That being said, if Baker wants competition for him on the market, if he wants us to beg him to stay and not go to, to Matt Corral or not go into the free agency pool or not draft another guy if Corral's not ready next year... These are the games you prove that in.
1: All right, so all the negativity coming from your side as far as Baker goes, did he do anything right?
0: It's not negativity. It's reality. There's a difference. 14 of 29 for 145 and one touchdown against the Giants is not good enough. I'm happy to say that.
1: It's not good enough. Did he throw any interceptions? No, he did did not throw. He did fumble the ball once, but he got it back. Yeah, Did did he fumble any snaps? But again, he's improved from week one to week two. I don't, uh, sure. Thank you.
0: But like, is it is it good enough? Is this performance good enough for you? Are you happy with this?
1: If anyone comes off the field, any player at any position, and says, player, and, asked you," and says is Lonzo, this was good enough, what is I'm this saying good enough. No, it's not okay. good enough. So but you I know mind. what? The best, the best out there, whoever that may be, when they come off the field, they're going to say they left some plays out there. So I, I just I, I I see an improvement from week one to week two. No way, Sam Darnold does any better. And I think play calling is part of the problem. And I think it's going to resolve itself. And I'm not really upset with Baker. My biggest problem with Baker is roll yourself out of the pocket. And if the play doesn't call for that, well, that's not your fault either. Because he had only one batted ball, which could have been worse than that. But then he decided to get a little bit deeper uh, with his snaps. I just, I, I thought he played a pretty good game.
0: I'll say this about rolling out of the pocket because I actually would like to see more mobile offense. I'd like to see them take advantage of that opportunity. I'd love to see Ben McAdoo create those situations, but I will give you one big problem with that, which is outside rushes are successful right now, right? Uh, I, I, On our show this morning, I had some words for Ikia Kwanwu, and I will tell you that in rewatching the game, I have walked them back a little bit, to say it was less this guy failed this week and more there were some growing pains could and it be because
1: we watched it together and I was like pointing some things no, out No, but, but I, I, I mean I pointed some out you to, to you as
0: well. Like for instance the big sack late in the game that kind of changed what it felt like was the Panthers getting some momentum was 100% because Icky took his splits and he set wrong, right? Like he he was probably a half gap over from where he should have been and when he set instead of setting back and right and maintaining the split with the guard in a spot where Baker was taking a three-step drop and you needed to force pressure to the outside he allowed uh who was it uh, Julian Love to just blitz straight up the gut right off the guard get to the inside and wreck Baker before Baker even really got to set his posture to throw the football i understand a part of the fear with rolling Baker out right now, is that outside pressure is working. Outside pressure is successful right now. And because outside pressure is successful, you can't roll your quarterback because you're gonna be rolling him right into the waiting, loving, adoring arms of some defensive ends who will be more than happy to pop Baker's block off like a rock'em sock'em robot. And you're not trying to get number six killed when he's your quarterback. Man, it's it's just it wasn't a great look. Again. I'm not saying the Panthers played poorly. They didn't. They had to, especially are, are defensively. You sure?
1: Are you sure? Cause I'm I'm saying saying they heard a lot played, of
0: No, I'm saying they, they played not good enough. Now I am trying to remind myself, Hey, This is a Giants team with a new head coach in Brian Dabble, a coach that these guys seem to believe in. This is, by the way, a Giants team that went to Nash Vegas, Tennessee, and knocked off the Titans 21-20 last week. This is not your daddy's New York football Giants team, but... It is a team in transition with a first-year head coach, with a running back who missed a lot of last year because his knee was bust up. With Danny Dimes, a QB that it seems like 80% of people in the league are not sold on, I'm not saying they played poorly. I'm saying they didn't play good enough offensively, and I don't think that that's insulting to anybody. In fact, hell, I'd agree. Baker and the boys probably agree with me. I'll give you one more thing that did kind of bug me a little bit. DJ had the touchdown catch, right? And it was a great throw and a great catch from Baker to DJ. You know how many more times DJ Moore got targeted in that game after that? One. One more target. Was he open? One more target. Yes. Do you, okay. At spots. Uh, all
1: right. All right.
0: But I mean, no, no. let's open. Here's the thing. And, and, and I saw, I can't remember who it was, but I saw somebody on Twitter say, you know cuz Ian Thomas had the 13-yard catch. He had a couple more targets that he didn't bring down. Uh Shy Smith disappointed the hell out of me. 6 targets, 1 catch for 2 yards. Yeah,
1: including one that could have been a, a good shot at a touchdown oh, yeah. or close to it. Yeah. Shy
0: was the disappointment in this. I, I think
1: I was it a matter of nerves for him or was it the fact that he got hurt early on uh, returning a punt and maybe that was affecting how he played the rest of the game. I don't
0: know. But he had 6 targets. In fact, he had targets even more targets than anybody except DJ Moore. He had the same amount of targets as DJ, but he had one catch for two total yards on the game. That's not good enough.
1: So you have a problem with him throwing to the tight end? Because I don't. Throw, not to at all. Who, throw to who's open.
0: The tight end's open, throw throw to who's open. But somebody said, look, if you if you want DJ to get three or four more targets, you gotta take those three or four away from somebody else. I don't know. How about Giovanni Ricci? How about Steven Sullivan? Are they are they integral the way that DJ Moore is?
1: Did they catch the ball?
0: I mean, they both had one target, one catch. Well, there you go. I, I
1: I mean, if they missed it, then I then you could say take that away from them. Uh but if you if you make the catch, uh I'm I'm good with that. If I asked you they right made now made a catch for positive yards, too, if I recall.
0: If I ask you right now, one play to save your franchise, who do you want to line up at wide receiver? Giovanni Ricci or DJ Moore? you got to get the ball to DJ. You've got to create mismatches. You've got to set routes. You've got to create ways to get the ball to DJ. you got to create ways to get the ball to Robbie too. Robbie had three snags for 32 yards on five targets, averaged 10.7 every time he touched the ball. And I guess this is part of the problem. And again, Baker did have a, what, a 48% completion percentage. I mean, that's got to be better. But you got to find ways to get your playmakers the ball so they can make plays. When you did to DJ, he made the touchdown. That effectively kept us alive in this game in the third quarter. It's, it's just got to get better. It just
1: does. Everything, everything you're saying, I agree with. It needs to get better. But in the end, you lost. But you lost by three again.
0: All right, let's flip it over and talk the other side of the football for a few minutes and let us start with the old metaphorical high five. How about J.C. Horn? J.C. Horn yesterday was exceptional. Targeted four times, over 28 coverage snaps, allowed one catch for two yards. That's it. J.C. Horn was a lockdown dude yesterday and that was a big part of the reason, not that they don't deserve their own credit because Derek Brown was exceptional. Brian Burns was exceptional. I love the fire. I love the intensity. I love the passion of these cats in their pressers after the game. Brian said, I would rather be in a game like this than get blown out. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather give us a chance uh, than, than get blown out and quit at halftime. But part of the reason those guys were, were able to be so successful up front to have the game that they had was that the back four slash five, especially involving JC Horn was absolutely exceptional. I mean, it was exceptional. That's as good as you can ask anybody to play that corner. And the fact that you were in that spot leads me to believe that Jameis Winston coming to the house, by the way, Jmo, who threw three picks to Tampa Bay this week. There's your hope right there. If there's hope in new Orleans or in Charlotte against New Orleans, is that Jameis creates turnovers, and the DBs for Carolina were exceptional this week.
1: All right, so this is going to be a case where we switch roles. Uh, The defense is the reason why Carolina lost this game. They played much better than they did in the first game, and yes, uh, the defensive backfield played really well until the fourth quarter. When the Carolina Panthers drive down the field, they take the lead, and then all the defense needs to do is play consistently as they had done most of the game, and they couldn't do it. Uh, were they tired? Was it too humid? I mean, there's probably a lot of reasons. Yeah, it might get humid in New York, New Jersey, wherever it is they're playing. I, the defense let them down. They did. The, the one series where they needed to, to to bow up and stop them like they did earlier in the game they couldn't get it done and so I can't put all the negativity on the offense and I don't think you can either without saying yeah they did a lot of great things they got pressure on Daniel Jones but on one series, a series, the answering series for them, Daniel Jones was precise. He was throwing some really good passes into that defensive backfield, and those guys looked a little gassed. They looked a little bit like what they looked like in the first half last week. I want to see I, if for the Panthers to have a chance to win any games going uh, down down the stretch. They need the defense to be consistent the entire game, not just you know sporadically here and there.
0: Panthers, as of right now, are giving up 58.8% completion percentage. That is better than every team in the league, with the exception of the Bengals, Commanders, Eagles, Texans, Saints, Bucks, and Giants from 7 up to 1. Uh, yards per attempt, Panthers are the best in the league.
1: I'm going to say, 4.4 I, I, yards per quite attempt. a few of those teams you just mentioned are losing.
0: Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, the the... Let's see completion percentage. Let me go back to the top. Uh the Giants are 2 and 0. The Bucks are 2 and 0. The Saints are 1 and 1 and the only loss they have is to uh is to the the Buccaneers. Uh the Texans aren't good. The Eagles aren't bad. Uh the Commanders are 1 and 1. The Bengals are 0 and 2, but let's be real. That's 100% because their offensive the the Bengals offensive line makes ours look like a damn pro bowl unit. All right. So it, again, it's not it is as you mentioned the word small sample size. It is very early in the season. These numbers are gonna they're gonna curve, they're gonna flatten, they're gonna curve, they're gonna
1: flatten. Well well, coming into this year, didn't you expect the defense to be good? I did. They were good last year. The defense needs to be that unit for sure. And yes, the offense needs to improve. But what the defense needs to do, they need to not they need to be good when it matters most, and that's when they struggled a little bit yesterday.
0: I wouldn't disagree with that not not in the least by the way uh, as far as yards surrendered per game there are only 5 teams that are giving up fewer yards per game than the Panthers as well according to nfl.com the 49ers the vikings eagles bills and titans are giving up the fewest yards per game
1: wow all that is awesome rob but you gave up the points that lost you the game right
0: but this circles back around to what i was saying at the beginning the offense isn't good enough I'm telling
1: you, the defense is carrying the defense their weight. The defense needs to be better if they were. They can't. They're, they're the sixth best passing defense in the league. Which means they have room for improvement.
0: You are you are good to determine to make me hit myself in the head with a microphone today. If you There's are the like top five six passing defense in the league, you are good enough. All right? It's the NFL. Top six defenses is good enough.
1: Ask the players: Are you satisfied? They will say no. We gave up points of and we course lost again. The not
0: satisfied. They lost. We all know that. The problem is that the defense repeatedly gave the offense another opportunity to score, and they repeatedly didn't do that. I, I, I am, I am all the way around on the offense is the problem excited about Ben McAdoo. I actually was higher on McAdoo than a lot of other guys were because I thought all right McAdoo yay yeah, failed as a as a head coach but as an offensive coordinator he's been very good about knowing his team and playing to the strengths and, and the assets of his team and I don't see that right now. I don't see that right now I see them trying to force the issue and even when the defense goes here's a football give it another crack which they've done a number of times I, you know we got to score points though
1: you're right, and if the defense was a little bit better, they would score points too, and that would make up for the offense's lack of, of, of you know, gelling yet.
0: Yeah, defense, stop being losers and scoring zero points, you,
1: you gave You gave up points to Daniel Jones. How dare you? The audacity.
0: The audacity. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just, like I said, it's it, it circles back around to me to the defense is doing their job. And considering you've got uh, Derek Brown, who I talked a bunch of a bunch of bump about earlier, or I should say last week, he showed out this week. Uh, Brian Burns is very clearly the leader on the defensive side of the ball. JC Horn is a padlock wherever he is on the field. We can circle these guys and say, here's where we're doing things right but if we can't, I mean, if we can't drive down the field and score on the on the New York Giants' defense, you know, I, I'm less optimistic by the minute, which I hate. Let me ask you one question real quick, because and I'll, probably on Wednesday's pod, I kind of want to wanted to get into this a little bit deeper. We'll probably do uh, a segment or two on this. You know, I was thinking about this earlier uh, during the Ron Rivera days. I feel like this team really had and i'm kind of getting i'm kind of starting to hate the word identity because i i think there are some radio hosts that anytime something goes wrong and they don't know what to say about it they just go oh we need an identity well i
1: can't i can't wait for this because i'm an expert on the ron rivera era so, so i cannot wait
0: good I feel like a lot of hosts use the 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 word identity as a patchwork for, I don't really know what's going on and I got to say something. So, uh, 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 identity. They need identity. But this team during the Ron Rivera days, I kind of felt like it had one, right? Like you had the Luke Keekleys and the Greg Olsons. You had guys that were faces in the league and faces you saw around Charlotte and the Carolinas and the NFC South as a whole. And you had cam and you, you you had all these players that when you thought Carolina Panthers, you think of this guy, right? Do we still have that? Do we have that right now? I don't feel like we do. And, And, and I wonder if a part of the reason the offense hasn't been able to find an identity is we just, like, there's just not one. There's not that guy that's, like, grabbing everybody right. with the face mask the way Olsen would have and going, get it together.
1: All right, so you're talking about identity as players, but identity as a team during Ron Rivera was they couldn't win in the beginning of the season. They would pick it up near the end of the season and save his job over and over again on the airwaves here in Greenville, South Carolina. I was one of the few people who said, why does he still have a job? because he was able to every year somehow weather it because like a third of the way through the season, they would pull it together, and then they would start getting some wins. Exactly what's probably going to happen here. So the identity for the Panthers, except for the Super Bowl years, is that they start notoriously slow. They do. I, and I don't know. Some would say um, – That it starts at the top. Some would say it has to do with coaching. Some would say it has to do with players. I don't know why it is, but they start slow. They absolutely do. And as far as identity goes, from a player standpoint, there's only one guy, and it's been that guy for the last couple years, and that's Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey is your identity. When people think of the Carolina Panthers now, last year, even though he was hurt, or the year before, they think Christian McCaffrey. There needs to be a defensive guy, I agree, that needs to suddenly step up and be that guy. But for now, he's not. And you know what else now the identity is? Whether you think he's playing well or not? Now when you think Carolina Panthers, it's not only Christian McCaffrey, it's Baker Mayfield.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. It's it's the problem, I think, right? Because we we talk about that, and when you thought about Luke Heakley and Olsen and all these guys we've talked about in the past— when you looked at the offense, there's a reason those guys were the identity. And while certainly fans would gel around them, right? Like we've talked about the fact that Luke Keekly, I mean, Luke Keekly, there were fans of Luke Keekly that weren't Panthers fans, fans of divisional rivals that love Luke Keekly.
1: Arguably one of the best linebackers of all time. And if he, if he couldn't, if he had found a way to slow down just a little bit, he might still be playing. But I remember asking Ron Rivera, have you talked to him and ask him, hey, you know, you've got to be a little more careful with your body. And he's just like, that's just not how he's wired. Oh,
0: 100 percent. He wouldn't have been him if it wasn't for that. But the point is, fans rallied around that guy, right? You can still go downtown to Charlotte, as I've done a handful of times in the last year, and there's going to be Luke Kuechly jersey. Hell, you that's the jersey you wear is a Luke Kuechly jersey. Absolutely. So, Luke Haley was was obviously a leader because of his play. But the community gelled around him and the team gels around him. It would be a, you, you would not be what well, maybe you'll be surprised. I don't know. Some people would be surprised. To understand that the players that a fan base gels around team gels around that guy is a leader, too. And my question would be outside of McCaffrey on the offensive ball. Do we have a leader right now? I really like Robbie Anderson. I really like DJ Moore. Does either one of those guys stand out as the vocal leader of this team? Defensively, I really like Brian Burns. Derek Brown has impressed me. I want to see him keep getting better. It's one good week. I want to see him better.
1: So you, but, you leave Shaq out, and Shaq is, I think the stat was he's had like three or four straight years of 1,000 a, a tackles. Or oh, more Shaq's or something a like stud. That. Yeah.
0: Shaq's a stud. I mean, he Does was Shaq out there. Stand out he to was
1: you? out there with, with Davis and with Keekley. Yeah. If you're out there with those guys, you've got to learn something from them. But
0: would you say with the Panthers, where they stand right now, looking for searching for that identity, would you say that Shaq Thompson is is the guy that's getting put on banners? That the guy that Panthers fans and therefore the team are going to go, that's our dude right there, that's the guy we put up.
1: When I think of the defense that's who I think of. I know it doesn't matter. It's uh, you know, and I do consider myself a fan. But I get what you're saying. You know what? You know how you find those guys when you win, and they haven't done that this year yet. Don't disagree with that. Don't
0: disagree with that at all. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this is how it works. We're going to be dropping you another episode on Wednesday. Wednesday, of course, is our news dump. We'll have some clips and quotes from the press conferences after yesterday's loss, after practices on Monday and Tuesday. We'll drop that pod on Wednesday, and then we will drop you our weekend preview pod on Friday. That pod, of course, will feature our rundown of the New Orleans Saints Coming to visit the Carolina Panthers in what I dare to say, Lonzo is absolutely a must-win game. Absolutely a must-win. Well, oh, without
1: a doubt, it is uh, not only for the team, but maybe for the coach.
0: Yeah, yeah. I got to tell you, I think if I, I, I think mathematically being eliminated bef- from the playoffs before like week thirteen. Matt Rule's done.
1: I saw I saw a thing on Twitter uh, a couple times of a wings place. I'm not going to tell you which one offering free wings if Rule is I gone. If Rule is gone at some point this week,
0: use the code hashtag Fire Rule. I saw that. I um,
1: hashtags don't work. It, they don't. Not, I don't. You know, you could have like a million people saying fire someone. No, Temper is not going to care. Yeah, but. You underst- I, does it, I understand. Does it really make you feel better? I created a hashtag that says to fire this person. No, it's, I it's feel better now. It's
0: about virality,
1: right? Like it's about going viral because. So it's about you. It's not about the team. You don't really care about the team. You just being able to say, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about the person who came up with the hashtag. No, I came up with the hashtag. You
0: absolutely do care about the team. And if you believe that Matt Rule is the common denominator holding this team back, and we're going to get into this. On Wednesday's pod, obviously, because he is being rumored to be connected to the Nebraska job. And I will tell you that if Carolina comes out of the gate with an 0 3, 0 4, 0 5 start, it makes it much more likely that Matt Rule's like, okay, my rebuild projects worked at college, but not here. So I'm out later.
1: Stop with your negativity. Stop being negative. I'm just. Stop it
0: calling the shots the way I see the shots. All right, so we will talk about that and more when we drop our Wednesday News Dump Show. You will get, again, clips and quotes from the pressers and start looking to the weekend. And then on Friday, you get our preview pod where we'll break down Saints at Panthers. Zoe, any party words for the people?
1: Yeah, l- listen, people, I'm going to try to uh, – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give Rob a hug or put him in a headlock, whichever one is necessary, so when we come back next time, he's going to be a lot more positive – When I have them in a headlock, I might keep pounding, baby. For the record, a
0: headlock is technically just a violent hug.
1: Mm, It's it's, it's like a single arm hug. Yeah, still a hug. That's
0: it for us. We'll be back on Wednesday. Y'all have a great week.
1: Keep pounding, baby. See you then.